like just making it real practical in today. Right? You had the, the storage units that you put in your computer to store stuff. You pull it out too soon, you're going to lose the whole thing. You just got to wait and let it load. And that's what he's, he's trying to load stuff. And I think what we have, we've got a bunch of spiritually geeked out computers. Because we've moved too fast instead of letting that completely download. What God's trying to do and say individually to us. I think what's really hard for us is when anything comes to waiting, whether waiting in line for fast food, whether waiting um, in line at the grocery store, or waiting at the pharmacy, or waiting for um, you know a money to come through into the bank on time, or waiting for you know your children to get ready when you're trying to get them around, or waiting on your spouse if it's that way, or your friends, or anything like that. We get very vigilant. to the point that my legs 
and my back and everything else were hurting from having to set so much and not move as much, I was getting agitated and getting fidgety because I didn't want to wait as much on that healing to take place because I've been moving and going and getting up and doing and when your body does that, everything else tries to slow down and you begin to get agitated and what happens is during those moments of waiting periods, whether it's like I had with surgery or different things that are going on in your life, whether it's a circumstance between finances or healing or a marriage or children, um, with, it could be, you know, waiting to see your child who needs help developing to read or different things and watching that progress of things going, or it could be, you know, waiting on a child that may be lost and you're praying that they come home and God um, helps them, or it could be, you know, waiting on your job because you're waiting for that promotion and the things that you know you deserve and you're, you're just trying to hold in that moment. And most of the time I've found that anytime we have a waiting period where God's taking us from one season to the next, from A to B, that's when the greatest distractions try to come in to take you off of that path and veer you to another place. It's in those simple things. We can't stand waiting. Nobody likes waiting. How many of you, when you call on the phone to anybody, especially anymore with like, you know, if you're dealing with your phone company or any other company, Duke Energy, anything like that, how many of you cannot stand hearing the stinking teleprompter thing on the phone? You can't even talk to the person. You have to wait for getting to it. And then you wait forever to talk to somebody. And then after you talk to somebody, you, that, oh, I'm sorry, we need to um, transfer you to the other department. And then you tell your story again, and you wait forever to tell somebody else, I'm sorry, I need to transfer you to the other department. And you tell your story again. And you're like, oh my goodness, I just want to talk to somebody who knows what they're doing. You know what I'm saying? And figure it out. And waiting in those moments, we get frustrated, we get agitated, and irritated. Because anybody in this room, can you tell me that you like waiting? Nobody does. We do not. You know, from the time we're anybody, we know that we don't like waiting. Tell a toddler to wait and see what happens. It doesn't work that way. Tell a crying baby to wait for your mom needs to beat them to wait. It doesn't work that way. They just don't cry. You know what I'm saying? It's just the way it is, right? And sometimes I think we're like that. God's telling us to wait, and we're sitting there screaming like crying babies. Because we don't want to wait on what God has. I believe that waiting reveals that people hate the unknown. Waiting reveals that people hate the unknown. The unknown then breeds anxiety, and anxiety can quickly turn into annoyance, and annoyance eventually turns into hatred of where you are and the place you are in your life. Anybody ever been there? I'm not going to lie. I've been there. I, I've been there where I'm like, I hate where I am and how I feel right now in my season in life. I know you're telling me about a season, but this season's been like nonstop going forever. It's like the Energizer Bunny, can somebody shut it off? You know what I'm saying? I don't want to wait any longer. This is, I'm done. How many of you have probably said that to God? God, I can't take any more. I'm done. Come on. I'm done. Right? Here's the hard part. God will often allow us to go through seasons or periods of waiting in order to build our trust and dependence on Him. Every person has a different waiting period. Every person is going through something differently in this room that may be a season that you're waiting in for something else to turn around in. But I can tell you 
that whether you got there maybe because of choices that you made or maybe just something that was happenstance and came along or maybe God just put you in that season. Everything we go through, if God, if we love God and truly believe in him, the word of God says that he will work for the good, all things, for those who love him. Key words right there. For those who love him and call him good. It's, that's the key. And so when we're in waiting periods, we have to get our mind focused and settle. And I think that's what God was trying to do with us this morning in worship. It's he was trying to get us to settle in his presence. And sometimes it's very rough to do that. I'm going to be honest, especially as a leader, because we're up here and we're trying to settle, but we also want watching and seeing how everybody, and sometimes we have to just go, control, delete, shut off. I'm going to settle. Nothing about, nothing against you. I don't care about y'all. I just want to know what God's trying to do and say in this room. Amen? And waiting on him is allowing him to do what he needs. Waiting often tests our faith and our patience. I want to read to you James 1.3 in the New King James Version first. It says that knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. Knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. I love what it says in the Passion Translation. It says, my fellow believers, when it seems as though you are facing nothing but difficulties, see it as an invaluable, invaluable opportunity to experience the greatest joy that you can. For you know that when your faith is tested, it stirs up in you the power of endurance. The power of endurance. This is what God said to me this week. There are two options in the waiting period. And this is where we're going to stick on. Number one, two options when you're in waiting periods. Number one is either you're going to distract and disrupt or avail and prevail. Distract and disrupt or avail and prevail. I like to call this the waiting game. This is the waiting game. What is your waiting Does it? It, it depends on what you do with that moment. What, what, the things you do, the choices you make will determine the person you will become. The choices you make right now <coughs> determines the person you're going to become. So if you don't so like the person you're becoming, then make better choices. That's what you like. So whatever you do in this way, those decisions, those choices you make, like she said, you can destruct or you can prevail. Like whatever you choose to do is going to become you. And you have to choose. What am I? What do I want to become? How do I deal with it when I'm in the waiting part? What What do I do? Because there's a lot of people that jump the gun in the waiting. They, I, I just can't wait anymore. I just they make decisions on emotional state because they couldn't want. And what happens when you do that? Well, you ruin your outcome. Absolutely, because why? Because you are choosing to do it out of your own flesh and blood instead of waiting on the Spirit of God to direct your path. So then it just says, I, Brandon, will direct my path. Well, I don't want to direct my path because that's going to lead to all kinds of craziness. I want to be in his path, whatever he decides. So I have to wait on that path. To go where, well, okay, go over here to the left. Turn this way. But this one looks better because it's just a straight path. And God's like, ah, I'm trying to develop you. So I need you to go this way, this way, this way, down here, up here, over here. And, and if we don't choose God in that, 
guess what? Our outcome is going to be what it is. So we choose what you do. Whatever you choose today, it's going to, it's going to shape who you become. It's good. It's good. So as you know, I'm all about definitions because I like to understand what things mean. And I looked up what the definition of the waiting game was because it is an actual term. It's not just something that people say when they're waiting or, you know, we're in the waiting game. The definition of it is a strategy in which one or more participants withhold action temporarily in the hope of having a favorable opportunity for more effective action later. Now, come on. If the dictionary can get it and understand it, we should get it. Right? Too often in the waiting, the enemy offers temporary fixes to distract us from the more favorable outcome, which is allowing God to fulfill his promises. Too often in the waiting, the enemy will bring along temporary fixes to, to, to try to distract you from what God has for you. And that's what brings me to distract and destruct. If the enemy can distract you, he can destruct you. If the enemy can distract you, he can destruct you. If he can cause you to become extremely agitated with where you are and cause you to hate the place you are in, he can destruct or destroy you by making your situation seem impossible to bear. He wants to make you think that there's no way out. That there's no return. There's no way. It's not going to get any better. This is just the way it is. This is how things are going to be. Life isn't going to change. It's not going to make a difference no matter what I do. It's just what it is. A lot of people think that that's not the will of God. You know, we're supposed to be going and conquering and fighting. Well, there is a scripture, too, that talks about how you'll make you lie down and bring back Yeah. If you're lying down, you're waiting on something. You're, and there's a reason why he causes you to do that. And, and people think, well, that's not God because I need to keep moving, keep moving. Well, you don't know where yourself then. That's right. So there's a reason for waiting. We have to wait for a reason. That's right. At certain points in our life. But if we don't, then we're wondering where God is because we're frustrated and we're, we're burned out and all the above. So as we've been studying and focusing on Isaiah 40, has really come to us. And yeah. before I get into those scriptures in verse 27 is where we're going to start right there. But... I want to give you a little bit of backstory because this is where Isaiah begins to speak to the people prophetically about being encouraged during the waiting process while they are in exile in Babylon. Okay? But to understand what God is saying, you have to look back and see where we were. See, King Hezekiah at that time, before they had been sent into exile and before his son took over, Manasseh and all that other stuff happened, what happened was King Hezekiah unguarded himself and the kingdom of Israel because his pride got in the way. His pride distracted him from the path that God was leading him on. And he opened up the storehouse and the treasury to show Babylon everything that he had had. He showed all the things that were going on. And what happened was Babylon had had a desire to go ahead and be free and be their own country their own you know workhorse and what they were doing and they wanted to be separate and when they began to see what other um, countries had they wanted it even more so because they saw that Israel at this moment was very unguarded with what they had isn't that sometimes what happens in the waiting period at times you become unguarded because you're more frustrated about what's not happening 
than who God is and what he can do in your situation. So you focus more on the temporary of where you are right now instead of the promise of what he has to fulfill. He got comfortable and then what happened is it opened a door. It opened the door now for somebody to come in. Listen, they were trying to create an alliance to, to do something. But when they saw his guard was down, and when he opened up the door to the treasury, they were like, holy cow. We need this. We're going to conquer this and take it. Do you understand? King Solomon was the richest man to ever live on the earth. This is after him. Well, what is crazy about it is it wasn't just what Hezekiah did that caused the exile. His son came into leadership, and he was very sinful, and the sins of Israel began it caused them to be separate from the Lord. But what I believe is that his distraction opened the door to the destruction. And it's the same in our lives. Destruction opens the door to destruction. If the enemy sees one small little thing that he can do to get your focus off of God, he's going to throw it in there and give it hard. And guess what? He's going to make you think that he's making an alliance and what you're doing is the right thing because it looks good, it smells good, it tastes good, it feels good, it's good for my emotions, and if it's good for my emotions, then it's good for me. Attraction can cause you to question God and all his promises. The enemy's goal is to get you to focus on the unknown and steal the hope for your future. He wants to steal your hope. Oftentimes in waiting, we feel hopeless. We feel like there's nothing left that we can do. And I'm telling you, please don't think that I'm making light of your situations because some situations feel very hopeless, especially like the people in, in Kentucky that are struggling today. But I'm telling you right now, the church is rising up to bring hope to a hopeless situation. There is hope in any situation. If God is God, then that's it, period. The greatest distraction in the waiting game is yourself. It's you. When you become extremely annoyed and agitated and anxious in the waiting game, you begin to become more self-reliant rather than relying on God. You want control. You want control. Everybody struggles with that. When things aren't going the way that we want them, often we try to put it in our own hands to try to figure it out and make it go the way that we want. Because God's just not doing it the way that we desire. Let me tell you something. If he wanted your opinion, he would have asked for us.
trying to take it into our own hands. We were waiting on the Lord. We went through a couple places that the doors kept closing, but then it got to a place where we just kept on just like trying to get in other places. Because we were like, we got to do this. But the moment we stopped and persuaded and rested in it is when it unfolded. And, you know, like when God did something in my life, I pushed on. Like I, I had scoliosis. God did it. I got x-rays and bruises. But I kept pushing. I don't know if you understand what I'm trying to say. Is I would go to the altar and I'd try to pray up. You know, God, just come on, get this, heal this, heal this. You know, everybody find the most anointed person in the room to touch it. People do this weird stuff like that. But the moment I quit worrying about it, the moment I didn't think about it, the moment I just said, God, I just want more of you, and I had a moment by myself, nobody around me, heal me. Come on. But I heard the Lord just say to me, if you can't rest in his presence, how can he release you to the promise? If you can't rest in his presence, how can he release you to the promise? So like opening up your gifts, people try so hard, and people want to, you know, what are these gifts? I want to be able to do this and that. And, and you, when you push it and you get it into your own hands, and you're like, and even trying to do godly things, you're, you're forcing it. It is an unforced rhythm of grace. And so when you just rest and just, my goal is Jesus. My goal is wanting more of him. And so when I get more of him, he gives me more of him. In all areas, instead of trying to force those things. But that happens even at church when people are wanting, you know, the different gifts and wanting the healing and wanting different, you're pushing and pushing. Just, are you getting more of God? And, and when you quit trying to force it to, to, to fix, force to fix it, and just rely on God in that waiting time, it, it, what does it do? Honestly, it's just like fasting. What does it do? It breaks us down in some areas. It breaks our flesh down. Because it's like, I desire a cheeseburger. I can't live without tea. You know, like, but, but when you fast and you fast the things that are, that are got a hold of you, you fight your flesh at the beginning, and then there's that waiting period. Well, it's releasing control. Absolutely. And that, that's what brings me to Isaiah 40, verse 27, is after they had gone through, what's crazy is these scriptures from chapters 40 to chapter 66, Isaiah wrote these before they were even in exile. These were just words of hope and comfort to them to help them get through. God had already prophetically spoke to Isaiah what was going to take place. And in this scripture, he says in verse 27, that the people, he's telling the people, Why do you say, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord, and my right is disregarded by my God? Even the Israelites struggled with this. They struggled with control. There's two key things they said here. My way and my right. My way, my right. And our need to control things in our lives causes the my way, my right mentality and attitude. We want to have it our way. It's our way or the highway. You know what I'm saying? Even who is, is it? Who says it have it your way? Burger what company King. is that? Burger King. Burger King, yeah. You can have it your way. Which really isn't the truth because they're all made their way and you just order it. So that's what it is. You know what I'm saying? So, but the fact of it is, is we think God is like that. It's my way, God, or the highway. It's my way, my right. And the Israelites were co complaining and saying, well, my way is hidden from the Lord. And my right is disregarded by God. He's totally disregarded my thoughts. Duh. Because if we went by your thoughts, you'd 
who we are at times, though. We're, we're frustrated by rights are disregarded. You didn't heal me. You didn't do this. Do you even hear me, God? We Why am I still going? Yeah. And, and you hear people being frustrated and you're speaking it out. But this, this represents the everyday person. That those times where we're like, come on. Is there going to be a break? Am I ever going to be able to fulfill it? Is there, can I do this? Well, I think about it as, you know, it's that mentality of, like, I know better than you, God, and if you would just listen to me, you know where I want to go, we, we, it would be good, right? Because I'm always right. If I could just that one, that one, that Just put it back on time. I was waiting on you. Hey, we're gonna get there. Quit freaking out. You know what I'm saying? 
you don't need to go anyway. Yeah. That's what I'm She's going like this. Stay away with them, you know? That's hilarious. What happened was they didn't know, though, if before they left, I sent a message just through text and told the lady who was the leader, I said, I just want you to know that is on her way. She is coming and that they are just a few minutes late. I just wanted you to know that. I just wanted you to know that they're going to make it there. I didn't tell them that. And I didn't tell the way that. I didn't say anything to them. And what God did was speak to me when they came home and he was telling me all that had unfolded. God spoke to me. And he said, we become so frazzled in a way that we forget that God is interceding on behalf of us to bring about the promises to fulfillment in our lives. We forget that he's already talking to the Father for us on our behalf, setting up the plan and destination for the We forget that he's already talked to the Father trying to get through to whatever breakthrough you need for the moment, but because we're so frazzled in where we are, we forget that he's already talking for us. And doing it for us. Amen. We don't make it through the waiting in our own power, but His. And that's what leads me to avail and prevail. Yeah. To avail is to take advantage of or use to your benefit to produce a better result. To prevail. To be victorious. To prove to be more powerful than any opposing force. Come on, guys. It's, it's to avail, to prevail. When you choose to avail, to prevail in the waiting, we use it as an opportunity to take advantage of growing our faith and produce endurance in us so that we may prove that God is more powerful than any distraction that the enemy throws at us. Isaiah 40, verse 28 through 31 says it this way. This is after they have been complaining, well, my right and my way is not yours, God. It's disregarded. You don't even regard how I feel. Because we're all very sensory this in this day and age about, you know, my way and how I feel and my truth and what I want. And that's what it is. Well, I'm telling you what, there is no other truth but the truth of Jesus Christ. And that's just the way it is. Truth is truth, period. Isaiah 40, 28 through 31 says it this way. Have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint. And to him who has no might, he increases strength. Even youths shall be faint and be weary. And young men shall fall exhausted. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall not have they shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not grow faint. Again, the greatest destruction in waiting is you. It's crazy because he gives you the answer right here in the scripture. If you wait on him, he's going to do all these things. If you wait on him, he's going to renew your strength. If you wait on him, he's going to mount you up so you can soar over your situation. If you wait on him, you're going to be able to run that race and not be weary. If you wait on him, you're going to walk and not faint. If you wait on him. But if you don't wait on him, you're going to faint. If you don't wait on him, you will be weary. If you don't wait on him, you're not flying. If you don't wait on him, you're not renewed. This is where the, 
the, this one scripture has both sides. If you want to do it, this is what he's going to do for you. If you don't, the other side of that is what's going to happen to you. You won't achieve those things. I love, it says it, I didn't even give it to you, but it's fine. It's in the message. He energizes those who get tired. He gives fresh strength to dropouts. Fresh strength to dropouts. Man, how many people feel that way? They feel like they've dropped out because they couldn't wait. But then when you come to your senses and you give, because here's what the bottom line is. What we have a problem with is that there's people that are not fully devoted followers of Christ. They haven't fully surrendered their life to Christ. They played both sides and they haven't fully said, God, it's completely yours. When you do, you felt like you were a dropout and you come to your senses, what does he say? He gives strength to them. For the young, tired and dropout. For the young folks in, in their prime that stumble and fall. But those who wait upon him get fresh strength. They spread their wings and soar like eagles. They run and don't get tired. They walk and they don't lag behind. You see that when people are just dragging their feet. There's a lot of people lagging behind because they're just dragging their feet. They just, they, they can't get You see it more so in these generations. I even, I'm nothing against it. I've even heard it sometimes in my own kid. You know, in, in all three of my children at times, I'm just tired. Why? I don't understand. What do you do? Like, <laughs> I get it, but you contribute smiles and love. Yes, I do have you know, two of them have a job that they go to. One of them has an actual job at a workplace, and the other has worked and has her own job somewhere else and is working and do, doing that. But most of the time, it's a couple days a week, if not every other week. And then, you know, it's, I'm tired. My son's tired. And his son's got to be worn out. <laughs> I love Nintendo Switches. You know why? Because I have parent control, and I can hit a button and shut him out instantly. <laughs> I'm like, there's no pause. Oh, I got you, son. Hold up. <laughs> got you. I got pause. Which is amazing. I love it. I can do it right now. If you're at home playing, or you I can, can just do, do what right I now. say. Turn it off or be grounded for a week. Ooh, sucker. I don't really care if you play it at all because that doesn't bother me. But I'm so tired. I can't do nothing. I'm lagging. You know. But that's the, that's, that's the thing. And many of us, even nothing against it, but even in adults sometimes, I have seen very tired people all the time. And I'm not talking about being like physically tired and tired from work. I'm talking about so mentally tired that they cannot handle their days and things that are going on. Like you, how often do you have a conversation where you meet somebody and they, you ask them how they're doing and most of the time it is never anything really good. Like it can't be, I'm doing great. You know what I mean? Oh, 
phone will look great. We have battery packs, so we walk around looking at fan packs for our phones and battery packs so they can stay charged all the but, time. But look, if we can't set the weight, I'm just, this is what happens. If we can't wait on the, whatever's loading, I know, this part gets hot. guess what happens? That's we get distracted with everything else, then we forget about it. And then now we're so distracted, we're on another journey that's not ours. Or we're distracted with other people's journey. That's not even our journey. We've taken it on, and we're, now we're walking a path that's not even meant for us. Trying to find opportunity and find hope in the path that wasn't your path. Because we're so distracted. And, and I think the strongest person is the one that says, I'm going to wait, I'm not going to bud. It doesn't matter what it is, if it's financial or what it is in life, you just stay focused. It's real simple. Did God tell you to move? It's not going to move. Don't take action. That's what if he doesn't tell you to take a step, don't move. There's a reason why you don't definition, definition of the waiting game. It says waiting to take action for a more favorable time to take action. The key about it is, is that if God didn't say it, don't move. Don't take action because the best outcome that you can receive is at the end of the waiting. But we don't like the word process, do we? So at the end of that taking action, it's because what does he say? He mounts you up, he That's does right. all the stuff, he restores you. So you're already flexing and working out those spiritual muscles in your way. And then you move on. I think about it as going back to control. Like, I don't know any of you who may have not seen it, but, you know, the old Willy Wonka with Baruch Assault. And, you know, we have that mentality of don't care how, I want it now. I don't care how, I just want it now. So I'm going to forfeit the process, which means I just delay your promise. But I don't care because if I get a temporary fix to my problem right now, it's all better. In reality, waiting is not about the final destination. It's not about where you're going to. But you coming to the realization that God is faithful to do what he promised. Waiting isn't about the final destination and the final result. It's about coming to the realization that God is faithful to do what he promised. The scripture never says that you won't become tired. It never says that you won't be agitated. It never says that you won't be weary. It never says that you may not fall. It doesn't say that anywhere. But it does say he won't. It does say that he doesn't become weary. He gives you strength. He has the power. Christy, can you look for the Psalms 27 
just reading the scripture just to read it, but applying the scripture and taking it to face value that it really is what it says. That he really is who he says he is. That you can't be renewed. Those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wind disease. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Those who wait on the Lord. And so the thing is, if you're not waiting on them, these, these blessings are going to come your way. That's what he desires. On the end, when it's all said down, he desires you to be blessed. And he wants you to wait. He created us to bring him worship. And that's the bottom line is, is that can we not seriously take a moment and just wait on you? Like he's wanting to bless you in the way. But we look at it as a curse because I can't handle my deed. And he's like, your biggest blessing is in the way. And it's all how we look at it. We can look at it in the right way and not be so distracted with every little thing as we do Because that's where the enemy wants to try to unleash everything. Is when you're waiting and you're biting at the bed and you're just like a, kind of like a wild horse that just needs to be... Yeah, it's awesome to see the horse out there doing its thing, but you've got to let God develop you. Let him. It's almost like you almost have to be broken. God, your ways are better than my ways. Do whatever you can in my life. Search my heart. Have your way in my life. I surrender all of it to you. And so he takes us from glory to glory. Well, to get to glory to glory, there has to be a waiting because if you don't wait, you don't soar. So if you're going to soar to the next place, you need to wait. And so our prayer today is that you learn in the process of waiting that you can be content in That you realize that he has your best interest and he's going to strengthen you and develop you. Stand with us for I hope that today was good. It was a little different just laying it out. And listen, God's good. His word never goes void. He's faithful. He's faithful to the end. He never stops being faithful. I believe that we can have a moment of just saying, God, I'm going to wait on you. That's why we sang that song. I'm going to wait on you. I've tasted your goodness. You know, I'm waiting on this promise. And your promise is, is good. We're going to sing this just for a minute. And then we're going to get out of here. And we're going to walk this thing out. God is so faithful to do great things. And he continues to do amazing things. If you choose to wait. God, I'm going to wait on you in this. Just close your eyes with me for a minute. We're going we're gonna to sing this. Just take this one. God, we wait on you. Not just because we're at church gathering as a whole, God, but when I'm at home, when I'm alone, God, when I don't have anybody else to rely on but you, you're going to renew us. You're going to do all these things that you say you're going to do. You're going to strengthen us, our core, so we can fly. declaration that this is it. No matter what season you're in, I'm just going to wait on you, God. 
Because I'm getting stronger. My strength is getting stronger. My wingspan is, is getting bigger. <laughs> 